Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the second episode of the Schmozone podcast. I'm Dave Schmolson, and I'm joined by my co-host, Helen Yee. Helen, it's great to be back for the second one. Yeah, happy to be back, and uh, still a bit jet-lagged, but I'm okay. You're def- sick. You're definitely sounding a little bit sick and tired. Uh, tell everybody what our past, what, 48 hours was just like. So after we covered the fight, post-fight presser finished about 3 a.m. And then we, right after we Ubered to the airport, our flight was at, what, 5 a.m.? 5 a.m., 5.50 a.m.? Yeah, we got home 10 a.m. Vegas time. And and then we tried sleeping yesterday, but I was already kind of sick. So here I am today. There you are. You are a trooper. Taking that oregano oil that I told you about in pill form, it helps you. Anytime you're feeling a little sick, make sure you take three to four pills of oregano oil. Could get it at Sprouts or Amazon. I swear by it. It's kept me healthy the past couple of years. But I'm so sick. You didn't take it quick enough. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we just came back from Houston, UFC 247. I guess we should address that because we covered it. We were sitting cage side for it. A little controversial on a couple of the fights there, especially with the judges. A lot of people in MMA are talking about it. I think we should address it. Of course. We we were sitting cage side. We saw everything. What was interesting was after round three, I turned over to you and I was kind of debating who was winning that round, right? You were talking about the John Jones-Dominic Reyes yes. fight. The, of course. The main event, round three. Not the Alira Latifi one and not the Andrea Lee, Andrea Lee, sorry. Even though I feel like, obviously, those are slightly controversial. But I do agree with the Derek Lewis decision. Yeah. Well, here's here's my take on everything. Um, we obviously weren't listening to the broadcast because we were in the building watching it. But after re-watching it earlier today and hearing Joe Rogan, uh, John Anik, and Dominic uh, Cruz literally calling this fight, and I think it was during the Angela Lee and Lauren Murphy fight, they pointed out that one of the judges wasn't even looking at the fight, was staring down and looking at their phone, and I have a huge problem with that. You have one job as a judge, and that's to pay attention to the action going inside, going on inside the cage, and to be looking down at your phone, you are totally jeopardizing the integrity of the sport, and you are, honestly, you're decisions are going to impact the futures of all those fighters and that really bothers me but not only the future of the fighters it's of their families and i just see it as a slap in the face and also disrespecting these pro athletes that train that have to go through what they go through in these camps to literally have their future in these three judges hands and then you mess up a decision or you score it way off. It's like, really, dude? What are you looking at? Yeah, and just for the record, I had Dom Reyes winning the fight. I think he won that third round. I had him winning three rounds to two. But I don't think it's completely terrible. It's not like, oh, my God, Dom Reyes got robbed. I just think that, hey, Tiago Santos and John Jones' last fight, he won by split decision John Jones. I think Dom Reyes fought him Gave John Jones his best fight since that Gus fight, the first one back in 2013. I don't like how we got there. I don't think it was a unanimous decision victory. I'm okay with the outcome. 
I just hate that the entire night kind of has this blanket of was this scored properly and how do you score a takedown? You look at the Alaire Latifi fight, you and I both agree Derek Lewis won that fight, but Alaire Latifi scored takedowns in that fight. He took him down, Derek Lewis, a couple of times. John Jones scored two takedowns. Um, but Dominic Reyes popped right back up. Yeah. Dom Reyes landed more significant strikes, landed more strikes altogether. It's just, where's the integrity? Where's the continuity and the judging in Houston Saturday evening? Exactly. But what, what was kind of, um, in my opinion, I just felt like because we've unfortunately seen this happen before, right? First thing that came to my mind was a lot of fans who may have thought, did Johnny Hendricks beat GSP back in 2013 or even the Gustafson, John Jones, the, their first fight as well. And so when it was going to uh, obviously decision and as we were waiting for the judges to read it, unfortunately, because of, you know, p uh, previous fights and everything that's, uh, you know, the scoring, how it went on in the past, in my mind, I thought, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if they read it for John Jones. And it is because of uh, the inconsistent scoring, even in the past, and some of, you know, those controversial decisions that's automatically made my mind think that way, which it shouldn't be that way. You know, we how I scored the fight, yeah, I gave Dominic Reyes a slight edge, but to myself, as it went to that decision, I was thinking... I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up reading it for John Jones. Look, the sport's young. What, 26 years? The UFC's been in existence here. They need to evolve the scoring system over time. They still use the boxing scoring system. I think a lot of people in our in our industry are calling for a change and the judging process. Over time, I think that will happen. But look, at the end of the day, you and I have talked about this a number of times. We are not analysts. We are opinionists. Unless you've played professional sports, you're not an analyst. There's a lot of people that call themselves analysts of sports. It drives me nuts. I think the big network organizations uh, and sports, they've kind of blurred the lines here. But my take is this. Your opinion is no better than my opinion. And my opinion is no better than your opinion unless you've played professionally or have actually been inside the cage and done it at the professional level. So at the end of the day, we can debate this back and forth as much as we want, but we're just opinionists. And if you want to hear our opinions, great. That's nice. We'll give it to you. But, uh, you know, we can move on if you want. Or at the end of the day, how about they run it back? They should run rematch. it back. They should. They should. And by the way, Helen, I appreciate how much of a trooper you are. Uh, but, uh, you know... In your past, you've done a lot of crazy, crazy traveling and some graveyard shifts. So I know you're a trooper through all this traveling. It's been a, been a bender for us. We were in L.A., <laughs> then we were in Miami and Fort Lauderdale, and then we're in Houston. Luckily, this week, we're just going to relax and be in Vegas. But you're a trooper. <laughs> I appreciate you doing that. Well, thank you. But last year, actually, I was in four cities in two days covering events like four different events i remember i did like an americon interview the day before i did another boxing interview then i like flew city to city then i went to american top team and had to fly back that same day to make a vegas golden knights game and cover that so I'm, I'm just thinking what i put my body through right over the past few years and then like you said working the graveyard waitressing shifts 2 a.m to 10 a.m so Yesterday, it kind of reminded me of how I felt after working those graveyard shifts. I don't know how I was able to stay a lot healthier when I was younger, but but I'm not even that old, even though some people may think so. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we, we did read the comments, I guess, from the, the YouTube channel. Appreciate all your love and tuning in, everybody. Thank Shout you. out to the fans. We really appreciate everything, all the great comments from the first episode. We're going to try to make it better every single time. Um, I am a year and a half older than Helen, for the record, by Fun the way. Fact. Fun fact. I know I look like I'm 20 and or 22, but it, I'm a year and a half older than Helen. And people have been thinking I was like 15 years older <laughs> than my age since I was 18. True story. So hopefully one day that'll end and i'll start aging backwards hey yeah definitely i'd much rather look younger than older and uh we both want to live long healthy lives active yes. lifestyles so 
and we're grateful to do what we love. And I think that's why we're able to always be on the go and be in so many places at once and do these long travels. Because at the end of the day, you know, we're very grateful to do what we love. Young, nimble. Uh, there's a fine line between um, knowledge and experience. Obviously, we're spending the majority of our 20s. Uh, we're in the upper end of those 20s. Um, I'm running out of time in my 20s. Next Almost month, your birthday. I don't want to talk about it. Uh, but, you know, we hustle and we work hard. There's a fine line between knowledge and experience where we may not have as much experience. We certainly have the knowledge. And that's just something that uh, I wanted to point out. We have a great show lined up today as well, by the way. We, we do. do. We, really we, do. we literally have the whole in show. Yes, because <laughs> um, I'm going to kick it to an interview I just had with number 15th ranked UFC lightweight Alex Hernandez, the great Alex the Great Hernandez. Uh, we just interviewed him backstage Saturday night at yes. uh, UFC 247, even though it has the UFC 248 backdrop behind us, which is cool, by the way. Yes. Uh, here March 7th in Las Vegas. Can't wait for that fight. Stylebender, Yoel Romero. Um, Joanna Joanna Young, Jacek, Songwei. Oh, it's 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 going to be amazing. I can't wait for that fight card. Um, but we we're going to kick it to him shortly. I'll preface kind of how that all went down, and then in studio we have Rob Van Dan R V D. Oh, you do it well right there. Can't wait for him. Wrestling, huge pastime for both of us. Grew up watching the WWE, WCW, ECW. Yes, even growing up. I wanted to be a pro wrestler until I got scammed or almost <laughs> scammed. So, yeah, that was interesting. I do know about that story. We can get into that. But how about we just, we don't want to leave our guest RVD hanging too no. long. So let's just talk about how kind of getting character for the Alex Hernandez yes. interview. Very, very charismatic guy. You were behind the, uh, the camera watching that one. What did you think? Yeah, sorry. You were looking at me and I'm like, huh? It's the cold. It's made me a few seconds behind. But I thought that was a great interview. Yeah, very animated. Some of the things he said, I kind of paused like, okay. I, I think he kind of paused in that interview as well. So, um, yeah, it was a fun interview. I know he's been getting a lot of flack because of the Donald Cerrone, those comments and what he said, if you haven't seen some of those scrums already, but you kind of mentioned those scrums in your interview with him. So, um, yeah. Yeah, he's a very colorful kid, uh, 27 years young. Sky's the limit for his potential. He wants to fight for a world title in 2021 in a loaded uh, lightweight division in the UFC. He's got to get some wins, though. He just came off a win after losing that Donald Cerrone yeah. match. He wants to be on the Ferguson card. Yes, he wants I to don't fight blame him. April 18th. Um, it was a fun interview. Um, I actually didn't think it was a good interview till I went back and rewatch it because he just went toe-to-toe -to -toe with me but as the schmo. Here's the thing. You never think your interviews are good until after you watch it. But then because I'm running the camera... I always tell you, oh, that was a great interview. Even your Yoel interview, you didn't think that was good. And then there's like, what, almost 500,000 people that watched it. That's the goal. We'll get to half a million. That'll be that'll be great. But uh, let's play that Alex Hernandez interview. And then we're going to just jump right into it with our guest today, RVD. Here we go, Travis. Let's play that interview. This is the Schmo with the pro, the number 15th ranked lightweight in the UFC, 13-2, born in 92, Alexander the Great Hernandez, here at UFC 247. How we doing? I'm doing great, man. I love Houston. I've been here all week just banging screw and eating barbecue. Yes. I love it. Yes, Sporting a brown leather jacket and your Black Beast t-shirt. Had to put on for the city, man. I, I do love Derek, and I uh, had to get the vintage fit. It's been a pretty grimy week, so I thought I'd, I thought I'd rep so. Yes, speaking of grimy week, you're doing a scrum over at the Enzo Gracie gym. You were talking about the Donald Cerrone hype that you had for that rematch, and you lost the lust. Thought he gave up in that performance? I, I did lose the lust, and I was underwhelmed, but you know, I don't really care to carry around anyone's name with me, man. I don't even care to bring this shit up. You know, I've, I've got one sole purpose, one focus, and that's the trajectory of my career, upward. And I'll let my credentials carry that, not piggybacking on old shit and, and, and gossip. But, uh, yeah, that was an underwhelming. And you talk about a top ten opponent, L.I. Aquinta. You talked about his name 
and your opinion, how likely is that going to happen? I don't know, man. I, I, I've been sending a lot of chatter through the airwaves, and it's been white noise back on my end. So I've called out every available person, to my manager, to the matchmakers, Ally Aquinta, Gregor Gillespie, Diego Ferreira, uh, Islam Makashev. Uh, feed me. Feed me. I need a fight. I need a fight this spring. I'm ready. And again, I'm, I'm looking forward. I need three fights this year to put me back on track for my belt in 2021. And that's, 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 that's it. That's all I'm looking at. So, uh, again, it's been uh, a stalemate. Uh, with the matchmakers, it's been white noise in the reception on, on, on who I've got coming back to me, but I'm, I'm eager and I'm ready. This is, the, this is the year of fornication. I'm here to fuck 2020 up in the division of the lightweight. Let's go. We like that. We hear the excitement in your voice. Put your Nostradamus hat on, finger in the wind. What's the fight card that you're going to be fighting in for your first one in 2020? April 18th, could be Ferguson, baby. Brooklyn. Brooklyn. I got to run it back. I got I to gotta run it back. I got to get right with Brooklyn. That's right. You got to redeem yourself. I got to redeem myself. I got to get right with Brooklyn. Yes. Yes, sir. I like to hear it. Now, 155 pounds. Is that yes, going to be from the, ground. the long-term future of Alexander the Great? Yeah, I believe so, man. I was standing next to Masvidal upstairs earlier, and I'm like, there's no fucking way I'm going to 170. So I, I feel cozy at 155. I'm very happy here. What's Masvidal saying to you upstairs? That, that, that I'm the future, I'm the best. He admires a lot of things I do. And so, you know, it's, it's very, very professional. Who do you look up to the most in the sport right now that's doing things the right way when they get a chance to dance inside the cage? Who do I look up to most? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not even ashamed to say it, man. Connor's been a long-time inspiration of mine. And I'll, I'll, I'll be the first to admit it. So, yeah, when I, when I watch McGregor perform and I, I watch what he's accomplished, it's inspired me. It inspired me many a time when I was still in the business world, coming back over and making my transition to, to the fight game. So, uh, McGregor's always been kind of my, my number one, my number one um, um, I guess, what's, what's the word? I hate to say hero, but he's, he's kind, of my, kind of my fanboy guy in the, in the division. And, and it, would be a, it would be a dream to, to dismantle and to mount him from the top. We keep winning fights. Maybe you'll get your opportunity. We'll get you out of here on this. Yes, what can we expect from you in the streets of Houston tonight if the Black Beast gets a W? Ignorant action. Ignorant action. I've been saying it's a screw-stin state, so we act wild out here. I've got some good friends out here. I'll hit Derek Lewis up afterwards, and we'll make a muck of Houston. Making a muck. He's the pro. I'm the schmo here at UFC 247. Show the camera that shirt. Black Beast. We're out. Welcome back, everybody. That was Alex Hernandez. He wore the Black Beast t-shirt. The Black Beast got the W supporting the hometown guy. We have Rob Van Dan, RVD, back in studio. A man that really doesn't need an introduction. He's a wrestling champ in three different organizations. Had an amazing documentary come out last year, Headstrong. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. I think we watched it on Netflix. We did. Uh, this is my first time interviewing you as myself. Yes. The only time before. Who are you? The <laughs> uh, first in-studio guest for the Schmozone podcast. Welcome. Right on. Yeah. Um, you can go ahead and use the word legend if you would like. I'm comfortable with that. You are a legend. Absolutely. Been doing this for multiple decades. Yeah. Yeah. And I've told you before, I was a big fan of you uh, watching all... <laughs> You're wrestling growing up, and then you inspired me to Five Star Frog Splash, my younger brother, from our couch. Yeah. I got in trouble by my parents, but... Yeah, you're not supposed to try this at home. I try it anyway. Yeah, that's how I got started, too. And I'm also getting comfortable with the fact that pretty much everybody grew up watching me. Like, I'm, you know, I'm... I'm a, <laughs> not to creep you out, but... I'm, No, but I mean, like, especially, like, all the other uh, wrestlers... They, you know, like it's 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 like a fact, and so I've uh, taken a, a new position recently as as to pointing out, you know, that uh, when I was on my way up, you know, I was wrestling. The average wrestler was probably two hundred and fifty pounds, two hundred sixty pounds, and and I was the only one doing like backflips off the guardrail and insane stuff. You know, that I was trying to think of stuff I hadn't seen before and trying to make it exciting. Because I wasn't that big, you know. I was, people didn't even believe I was as heavy as I was because, you know, I don't didn't look it. And so um, nowadays, everybody does, uh, you know, RVD moves, and they have taken it to new, new heights. You know, added a lot of gymnastic ability, literally a twist here and there. And um, but the whole style is such now that 
uh, it's hard to even stand out, even if you do a springboard double, um, I don't even know, uh, what's that thing called? A gainer, a gainer on a diving board. What do they call it? A shooting star press, I guess. To the floor. Anyway, people are doing all this, and they're not even going to really stand out as much as, like, the dive I did from the top rope out to the crowd on Bam Bam Bigelow. Like, that... That footage is like immortal, but there are people that are doing stuff like, holy crap. But it was a different time then, you know, like you had to get that stuff in while you were protecting the business. It was still a closed door society, whereas now, you know, there's they the first rule is just, uh, um, I don't know if it's safety first or what, how they teach people now, but they're not catering to uh a crowd that that wants them to protect the business so much, you know what I mean? But but that that makes it another interesting um, <clears throat> agenda while you're doing it. But what I'm saying is a lot of the stuff that people are doing now they couldn't have done back then because that wouldn't have worked against Stan Hansen and you know some uh, you know Kamala something like that because the average wrestler now is like 180 pounds or something probably, um, and they all grew up watching me. Now the whole style is more acrobatic. Yeah, you've been doing this for multiple decades. I remember what stands out from our interview last year when no one knew who the Schmo was. We talked about how back in 1992, you kind of inspired DDP to do his DDP yoga because he watched you stretching behind the scenes. Obviously, you've done a tremendous job keeping yourself in shape. That's as OG as it gets. I inspired DDP. (laughs) You inspired DDP yoga. That's what you you said. And you've been able to stay relatively healthy and you're active. You just did, what, three straight nights of Impact Wrestling, and you're yeah. sitting here today? Yeah. Wow. People don't realize how great of an athlete a professional wrestler has exactly. to be and the durability. Like, they, they want to point to, oh, wrestling's fake. It's this and that. But you've come from the days and age where you took real steel chairs right to the dome. Well, and even, you know, it took me a while to even get to that point. Like, that's where uh, a lot of people were seeing me for the first time. But, you know, probably a good eight years before that, um, when I was training with the original Sheik to just break in, back then you had to get beat up and stretched every which way just to prove that you were tough enough to be in the ring. You know, they tested you for leverage and, you know, your control over over your body and stuff like that because some people are just hopeless. Um, but, you know, you... you you leave your your first several workouts, at least back then, very, very sore, not just rubbery legged, but rubbery bodied, trying to um, trying to get your keys and your ignition or something. And um, it used to be uh, a lot more like that, because like I said, it was like closed door. It was more like the mafia. Like they didn't talk about it to anybody on the outside. You know, people ask questions, they'd get smacked. And that was, you know, there's all kinds of documentation of that. Uh, and and now it's not like that at all. You know, once uh, once everybody decided it was entertainment, the standards went up. They said, okay, if you're going to entertain me, then hey, you know, give me my money's worth for my ticket. So no more two hundred and ninety pound slow, you know, um, non athletic types that could have had a job before. You know, there's always room for guys that really weren't that good before, but there really isn't now. You know, to be on TV, you got to be, you know, at least at a certain level of really damn good. Um, and just just a few years ago, like with uh, semi WWE run in um, 2001 through seven, whatever that was, there was always guys, the fans would complain like, oh, my God, why are they trying to shove this guy down my throat? And then they would give up on him after a while and recycle some because they liked the, the way that he looked or something. He was a big guy and. Um, there's no room for that. You have to be able to uh, really, really uh, do well in the, in today's uh, pro wrestling world or else you're not going to last. But for our show, um, one of our mottos, I guess you would say, is it, it gives you the behind-the-scenes look of things. So for you, can you kind of give us a behind-the-scenes look of what it was like, for example, in the WWE or ECW when they would tell you, look, you know, you have to turn heel or just kind of the storylines. Like, what was that like behind the scenes? Um, well, I don't think that anything comes across as like you have to. It's um, everything in the end has to be like a collaborative decision, even if it wasn't my idea originally. 
I'm obviously in charge of which foot goes forward, you know, my yeah. own, my own body. So nobody can control me like a puppet. Um, I've never been asked to do something that I didn't want to do that I did anyway. You know, like people I've heard of wrestlers complaining that they were forced to work when they had concussions or they were injured and needed time off, but, but they forced them to keep going or whatever. I've had zero experience anywhere, anywhere with that. You know, and, and the whole time I was in WWE, they were super cool. When I did uh, require knee surgery in 2005, I was out for a whole 12 months and they paid me for the whole year off. It was like my favorite year of my career because <laughs> I was home watching TV and rehabbing. And, uh, and you know, they, they paid for the rehab and, and everything as well. So they were, um, they, they were very cool to me. And, and when it comes to ideas as far as like a heel, you know, like I just turned heel recently w with Impact Wrestling. And uh, they asked me, you know, what are your thoughts on, what are your thoughts on this? You know, and, um, just like, you know, hey, what are your thoughts on changing uh, your music? You have any thoughts on that? You know, and, um, they, it, it comes across like that. You know, what do you think? We, uh, at first I was like, uh, I don't know about turning the heel. I mean, you know, like I, because I really do connect with that positive energy from the yeah. fans, you know, um, and everyone can count on me being pretty consistent, but it's not that much of a change to to be a heel, just kind of show a different side of me or come from a different part in my mind that, that's there anyway, saying things that I would think anyway, but not say because it might be rude, you know, and, and just having fun with it. But um, I had to come back to them, you know, after a while. I was like, yeah, you know what? I thought about it. Let's do it. I think that'd be a good idea. It's like that. I have to acknowledge you have your dog here, Petrie. Oh. Extremely oh. well-tamed Proud dog She's the best. Amazing. Yeah, everyone says that. She does a lot of radio interviews with me. Everyone's always surprised. They say they've never seen a dog that just chills like that. And she's so happy that I didn't leave her home right now. She's just being really good, and she's not going to jeopardize uh, her position of being able to come out with me. If I would have known, I would have brought some dog treats. But uh, next time, next mm. time. I have to say as well, too, um, I guess you and I both kind of play a character. I play the schmo, you know, Rob Van Dan, you got the aura behind Not to you. be confused with the schmoo. Not to be confused <laughs> with the schmoo, that's right. correct. Um, do you find it difficult at all, kind of having to put on the persona in public or when people meet you and they think that you're not living up to the expectation that they see on television? Does that bother you at all? Does that get to you at any point? Mm, I think that, you know, since I've been doing it 30 years... I think that I've gotten comfortable with it, but these are thoughts that have gone through my mind. Like, like people are like so worked up. Say I'm doing an autograph signing that's been advertised. There's a big line to to come up to my table at a convention or something like that. Some people like they'll be so nervous they're 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 crying literally, and and I'm thinking like how could I possibly live up to the expectations of this person? Like they're obviously like in in their mind i'm something that's bigger than life and here i am life <laughs> you know just a pile of flesh um you know wound together um but uh but they you know they i think that i do pretty well as far as delivering uh, what people what people expect and, and i think most people expect me to be very uh down to earth and um relatable in ways that some of the other just celebrities in general are not, you know, and um, and that's just me being me and being real. I don't know how to be anything else, you know what I mean? Um, but then being a heel now, um, I can kind of tap into, you know, like, uh, you know, like who are these people on the internet that they'll follow us just to say, I had a, a message on social media like last week Somebody went through the trouble of like following me and sending me this. I think it was on Twitter, and uh, it just said, "I've never really been a big fan of yours, Rob." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people just want to be heard. People just yeah. want your attention, whether they yeah. get a positive or a negative reaction out of you. They, they just, just want, want you to respond. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I was going to add to that because social media, it is interesting like that. Like, 
I even saw your Twitter, you know, a few weeks ago. Just like haters will just say anything, right? Yeah. And then you respond and then they apologize or something. Sometimes they do. Yeah. They say, oh, yeah, I know. Someone said I forgot where I came from. Dude, I've been seeing Battle Creek, Michigan from every match. Yeah. For 30 years, and I responded, and he was like, hey, yeah, I know, that's cool. I just wanted to get a response from you, man. And <laughs> that is part of it, you know. Yeah. But then there's also the other part where it feels like like we're not living up to their values. You know what I mean? And it's like, I don't, I don't want to. I got my own values. You know, when yeah. someone tells me that I've drawn the line, I, I, that, it's hard to not get involved with it. Sometimes you got to just say, oh, I'm above that. I'm not going to respond. But sometimes I'll go back there. Wait, I'm going to tell this motherfucker. Who's he to tell me I've gone too far? Yeah. You know what I mean? When did you kind of notice the shift and social media kind of playing a huge role in the business? You know, because a lot of people tune in to pe Twitter, Instagram, and they look at people's social media pages. They try to get storylines out of people. The interaction is key now. Anybody can be somebody behind a keyboard. Right. When did you notice that kind of transition in the business? Um, you know, when, when I did my return to WWE, I think it was 2013, I had found that the other young guys that were there had gone through like social media courses, like they gave them classes and stuff. And I thought, wow, that's different. Cause I didn't, you know, I still don't know that much about it. You know, I'm 49. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what, what cancel culture is, you know, but, but, um, uh, it, it's really been more apparent recently, like since I've been with impact for the last year, because like I will post stuff on my own and then I see that it gets brought like right into a storyline or something, you know, and yeah, like the, the hot tub pictures that I <laughs> became very famous, got a lot of viewing and then, um, and then it, it impact, you know, the, the storyline writers are having, putting that right in there, you know, and, uh, pretty soon I'm talking about, uh, me and my girlfriend and my girlfriend's <laughs> girlfriend. And it's like people just watching the show impact would have no idea what I'm talking about. Like that only makes sense if you saw the posts you know but they thought that that was valid to put in there are you kind of alluding to the twitch situation the other month uh well fast forwarding yeah i mean that is uh that is a um that is where i'm not gonna say that's where it ended because it's not over but that is <laughs> <laughs> but that is where it led to you know at first it was uh i don't know like some mentions and some promos and um, and then uh, she actually Jennifer was actually helped me uh, beat Brian Cage at the uh, at the pay per view. She was in the crowd, so she did a, a rare appearance because appearance because she's not a wrestler, you know, um, or an actor or, or anything. But um, that that's that's one of the times like for me, I'm like I realize now these guys that I'm working with are following me and want to make everything as relatable to me as they can, and that's great. You know, that's why I'm trying to understand this cancel culture, because uh, they uh, impact has teamed me with uh, Joey Ryan, the guy that does the dick flips. <laughs> yeah, uh, which I've never been a big fan of and I don't have to be. But um, there the the common thread is that we've both both been uh Canceled. Not that we were canceled. Uh, well, I got Twitch canceled us. You know? Yeah, Twitch canceled yeah. you guys. Helen, what was your comments on that earlier? You were talking to me about that before the show. No, I, I just mentioned exactly that. She just, just said, we got to watch that video. Yeah, I mean, you're a stud. Every guy wants to be you, man. You got two beautiful women. I got photos. One bedroom. You got photos. Hey, just yeah. don't give them ideas. <laughs> <laughs> but, but who yeah. are some wrestlers that you're really close to? Uh, behind the scenes, whether you guys still work together or not. And he uh, shares a birthday, too, with Stone Cold Steve Austin and yes, Trish Stratus. True that. Very true, yeah. I just saw Stone Cold last week. Um, I did his podcast, so that'll be coming out sometime soon. Although, um, I before I went there, I did Be Real's podcast, The Smokebox. So I was, like, so baked during the Stone Cold podcast that I'm, I'm, I'm afraid to even hear because I, I was rambling. Sometimes in the middle of my longest sentence of me rambling, I'd be like, he doesn't need to know this. Like, just put a period on it. Why are you saying all this? And just long-ass sentences. But anyway, if you don't know what the smoke box is, you, you're in the car with Be Real and you're just smoking the whole time while he's interviewing you. And so Sounds I'm like just, something right yeah, up my alley. Yeah, hey, it was pretty cool. Um, but uh, I'm very close to Katie Forbes. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, uh, Sabu. 
Yeah. He's he's all you know, but even though he's like closest, like he he's like my my brother, you know, in the business and and, and always will be, but um but he, even so like he lives here and and I saw him last night at Impact and um I hadn't seen him for I don't know, 3 months or so, you know, so um it, it's not like there's anybody that um that I share a life with besides Katie, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like uh, everyone's close to an extent. There's the brotherhood, you know, that at different levels you, you feel with, with different wrestlers, but um, definitely at impact. There's a bunch of uh, guys who've, uh, um, who, who let me know like right off the bat, like they were my boys, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and that's cool. I, you know, Rich Swan and um, Willie Mack are super cool. And, uh, um, a lot of them are even still learning their names and stuff. But all those ECW guys, you know, like Tommy Dreamer, he's always he's always going to be a brother. Sandman, you know. yeah, Not like Sabu. Like Sabu and I literally have had each other's backs in and out of the ring all over the world. Only Sabu. And he was the guy that trained me. So, um, you know, you can't, you can't go back in time to, to beat that kind of a relationship. What are some of your best moments? You had the feud with Eddie Guerrero, rest in peace. Uh, you beat, you won against John Cena, winning the title against him. When you look back at your storybook career, 49 years young, still doing this, what's some of those best moments? Um, well, I mean, you, you mentioned a couple of uh, really good ones, you know, and beating John Cena was so good for uh, a number of reasons. You know, one of them was... Uh, that was the the top of the mountain for sure, but also um, bringing back ECW as a third brand like that was all you know um, like a seed in my head that that sprouted that you know what I mean with the bringing ECW back and then capitalizing on it. So I felt like as far as you know leaving my mark behind or something, that's a pretty cool thing to do. Like I've always uh, always been one to uh, um, you know to to be innovative and to um, change, make changes, you know, changes in styles, changes uh, by just being the nonconformist that I am. Um, I really enjoyed having the hardcore championship. I really enjoyed uh, being the TV champion in uh, ECW because uh, it gave me the opportunity to have the best match every night if I could, and other guys weren't really held back. You know, well, you think you can have a better match than me? Then, you know, good luck. But I, everyone was there to, to see me, not just me, but, I mean, you know, the whole crowd would chant my name through the whole show till I came out, and that was, like, really an awesome time in my career. And that's what I respect the most about you is that you said it yourself, being a nonconformist, you know, you're at the top of the mountain in WWE, but you're not afraid to go to a different organization to do what you love. And I think there's not enough people out there. They think that whether you're an MMA fighter, you have to be in the UFC. You can't be in Bellator or 1FC or some of the other promotions that you could still make a name for yourself and have a great career and become a legend outside of the top of the top organizations. You can... Yeah, I mean, you can have a better career depending on you and your values, you know. Usually if someone is um, still on their way up and they haven't been to WWE and I'm having this conversation and they're telling me, you know, I'm working four, four nights a week. I think I'm doing well. I don't need them, you know. I think I'll just stay here. Usually those guys I'll say, you know, you really owe it to yourself. You've made it this far to, to try to at least have a run up there because it will change your whole life. You'll be wrestling in front of people in different countries that you've never even heard of because the yeah. TV is so strong. And you'll be part of their culture, too. Like, you know, we're, we're big stars in places we'll never, ever see. And and so I usually tell them that, you know, me, I mean, I, I've been up there and I've been wrestling so long um, that, you know, I don't, I'm not in the same position. And so with my values, I really can't ask for much more. I mean, it's like the universe is uh, really keeping me in the business by really bending towards towards me and, and, and my values is I can't ask for much a much better schedule. I'm mostly working like two consecutive days a month. Sometimes there's another uh, trip of that, but usually that's it for a whole month. Um, I, I like my business deal, you know, I can't, I can't say that, um, you know, that I should be hitting them for um, a whole lot harder. And uh, now they bring Katie uh, with me, you know, so now she's booked and she goes down to the ring with me. So we don't even like, 
have to leave each other. So it's, you know, and you know, the fact that I'm a big fish in a small pond gives me a lot of, a lot of leverage. So it's, um, there's, there's not a whole lot to complain about, you know, except for just, you know, yeah, Hey, my back's sore, (laughs) you know? And just to point out something, Helen wanted to be a professional wrestler growing up as a kid too. She actually looked into wrestling school. She wanted to say that. Yeah. Well, I, I knew that, Ohio Valley Wrestling at yep. the time, what, 10, 10 or so years ago, that was like the big thing. But I looked at this school in Texas. I don't want to name names or, you know, talk about them, but. Uh, what part of Texas? Well, if I say okay. it, then right. it's going to get, I'll tell you <laughs> off the okay. show, but they were going to scam me. And because I was going to move there and then that kind of just left a sour taste in my mouth. But when I was 15, I remember even emailing or trying to, if it was his MySpace, Teddy Long, Mm. the GM of SmackDown at the time, just trying to see what I can do, right, to get a job. Yeah, well, you were serious. Oh, very serious. He told me I was too young, but. Yeah, he sounds like you were. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But Yeah, um, cool. Yes, you've always had that interest. Yeah, well, do you think, and I don't have that interest anymore, but do you think that there's more opportunities for people to try to break into the pro wrestling business today? There's no question about it. Yeah. You know, I I don't don't want to be redundant, but it used to be like such a a, a, um, behind doors ran business. It was very much like, well, like we had our, our own language. And I say we, mostly the guys older than me, but they, when I broke in, it was still like that. You know what I mean? Like our own, our own kayfabe language, speaking carny, you know, and uh, which was nobody does anymore. We wanted to talk about somebody, oh, you know, he's a Mizark, he's a Fizzle, he's a Fizzle. Nobody, nobody would know what I'm talking about now, but <laughs> it was like uh, so secretive and it was best to get, to get hurt and busted open because it just added credibility to what we were doing and people looked at it a lot more like a fight even even when i was still getting into it right yeah. now the fact that um it's gone uh you know first off the standards of the rest like i said it's gone down to normal looking people that look like maybe they'd be giving you your your bowling shoes at the bowling alley but instead they're they're in the ring and hey they can do some flips or whatever it, that offers everybody a chance but also there's so many territories now and i knew that was happening uh, years ago, because I stay out there, you know, wrestling, and I could see all the different little areas had their own following uh, that felt like they were part of the product. They wanted to push it, see it succeed, and there was like uh, groups of three or four hundred people uh, all over that were running continuously, and they knew all the wrestlers had chance for all the wrestlers, and and so uh, because of that, there's uh, so many different organizations, there's so many different wrestling schools. It's easy as hell for anybody to get to get into the business, which lowers the the standard also of what, of what you can expect. And I got to imagine with social media and streaming and different sure. platforms, there's got to be more opportunities for people to tune in to watch, whether it's live or recorded, a lot of different avenues. But I also... It's on like every day of the week now. There's, yeah. Like, yeah. there's so many different groups. I'm with Impact, but there's, I mean, Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. But then there's like Ring of Honor, and there's New Japan, and there's there's uh, WOW, the, the women yeah. are wrestling. and um, I think I've probably left. Oh, AEW. There's that that one which everyone's excited. So yeah, it's it's uh, it's really yeah. like at a big, um, it, it's at, it's at a boom right now. Wrestling's very popular again, which also makes it hard for me to to walk away from it because you know it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good right now. But at the same time, yes, it, it's it's um, it's it, it's been. Um, I don't want to say diluted, but I mean, it's gone from like a core to like a spread out across yeah. everywhere. But what are your thoughts on AEW? Um, well, as far as a group coming up yeah. um, and trying to make a noise for themselves, they've hit it out of the park, been incredible. You know what I mean? So yeah. they, you know, they got a money guy behind them. And um, I think they're representative more of, of this new breed of wrestlers. But then I guess Impact probably is too. You know what I mean? Like, for me, just being um, 
so old school in values. A lot of what I see, what I watch, makes me go, oh, just because that, that wouldn't have been okay, you know, or I wouldn't have done that with, you know, but uh, sometimes I have talks like that with Dreamer and whatever. Jericho, um, I mean, I don't, I don't watch, but I, he must have adapted, I, I guess, maybe to the new style because he's keeping so relevant and keeping on top, and, and he's a huge part of AEW, I know. But I don't know if he, uh, if he feels the same as I do, having the old school values, or, or if he just um, is able to just change with it and say, hey, I'm a musician, I'm a wrestler, I'm an entertainer, I can do it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I'd kick myself in the nuts if I didn't ask you this question because... This past week, I like to see that. By the way, uh, yeah, no. yeah, the, the, <laughs> I don't. the flexibility there. <laughs> right. But uh, this past weekend, Vince McMahon's XFL just relaunched, rebirth. They just had a whole week. I guess people were saying they like the product. Everyone cool. likes football. I, you probably didn't. I, I assume you didn't get a chance to watch it. We didn't no. get a chance to watch no. it. We were busy. But do you think that his second time doing this and knowing Vince is the businessman that you do, do you think this one has a chance of being successful? or it will inevitably kind of fail like the first stint around? I think that it does have a chance, you know, just like you said, just giving Vince the credibility of being the smart businessman that he is. I don't think that he would do it again if it was a big gamble because you'd have a lot more to lose the second time around, you know, as far as like that's a that's a much harder hit to take. And um, I think that he probably knows a lot, whether it's the public behind it you know, as far as like the the stocks, the funding, I have no idea. But as far as um, business goes, I'm sure it's looking good from where he's at, or he wouldn't do it. And I, I didn't get to see it, but I, but I, I'm excited about it. I mean, I'm not a big football fan, but I would like to see it. Just support, support, and see if I notice the difference. Yeah, apparently there's some rule changes to it, and I know the NFL's take taking notice. But I can't help but to not think that last year the AF. The AAF kind of launched and failed. They canceled it mid-season. Um, and I, just looking at the enrollment numbers for the sport of football, they've been down over the past couple of years, and that's a trend that's going down, the enrollment, the peewee football, because mothers are concerned with head trauma and stuff. Um, I don't know, and that's why I just was curious to ask you if um, – because there's definitely a level of risk to it, and yeah, I mean, I don't just, know if it's going to last. I, I just learned something hearing you uh, say that. <laughs> You know, because I'm I'm also very um, concerned with, with with head trauma. That's like part of my I don't, I don't want to say like my my, my new mission, um, but it is one of mine, though. It's like uh, for me, you know, um, in my movie Headstrong, which it's only on Amazon now to narrow it down and make it easy to find. Um, it, it was an unintentional, unintentional documentary on head trauma because I showed up to do stand-up comedy with double vision from a concussion that wouldn't go away and it stuck around and I had to learn all, all kinds of stuff that I didn't know before about concussions. And um, I have had hundreds, hundreds of concussions and except for just this one that gave me double vision, I've never had a symptom that lasted very long. Usually it's a few seconds. Some Sometimes it would be uh, the rest of the day. I've had... Um, maybe two that lasted uh, a couple days. That's it. They're, usually it's a couple seconds. I shake it off and I just keep wrestling. I used to think it was just part of the job until I started really studying the uh, effects it can have. So um, I had myself checked out. Spoiler for um, Headstrong. Um, I did not show any signs of CTE. And I actually had three different doctors look at my MRIs. Um, but I don't know that later in life that can't come back and set in. People use the term CTE loosely, you know. I agree. I agree yeah. with that completely. Yeah. yeah. Because um, I've, I'm good friends with Merrill Hodge, and he wrote a book, Brainwashed, and he did a lot of studies. A lot of the documentation is from, like, Boston University. A lot of the, the research with head trauma comes from yeah. the same source. They don't have multiple sources looking at right. it. And you're only looking at football players, but I feel like if you're an MMA fighter or a boxer, you're stepping up for permanent head trauma and even a wrestler to a degree every single time you dance inside the ring or a cage. Yeah. Um, and you got to look at the sample size. Like, it's so... 
you can't just blanket and say, oh, when you look at something as part of a an issue in someone's brain that they look they're just doing this from playing a professional sport. Well, what about somebody with dementia or some sort of pre-born condition looking at a sample size from there? He kind of points a lot into that kind of direction. So, you know, when you just go and you say, oh, someone's got, you know, a brain damage and call it CTE. I don't think we have enough science behind it to do that. So I agree with no. you there. Yeah, CTE is a degenerative disease where your brain is wasting away. And, you know, if you have it, your brain will die and then you will die. It's like, it's so different than having post-concussion syndrome, which a lot of people have. But a lot of my peers will say, oh, I know I have CTE because I see floaters or because I do. No, you don't, dude. You don't know that you have it. And, uh, um, and I learned a lot about that, but I want to learn more. I want everybody to learn more. So it's important to me that we move forward with the, um, you know, with the research and the science. That's why one, that's why it's important for me that people watch my movie. Um, all the feedback I got from it said that people were so inspired by it. And it was because I was sharing. And I know it's, it's very personal too, you know, and uncandid uh, parts of my life on there, as I think any documentary should be. Um, but when it came to talking about the brain, you know, I, I, people it's people still aren't comfortable talking about that. There's still pushback from uh, where the responsibility lies and how much uh, blame we can put on. So I want to keep talking about that. And, you know, I was reading that like the NFL was talking about using like CBGs to regenerate dead brain tissue. And I and I was thinking, you know, besides myself, all my friends have head trouble and so many of my friends or peers have committed suicide. I mean, so many, if you look it up, pro wrestlers have committed suicide. Like it's so many that, um, you know, I thought, uh, I would like that to stop and I don't want to do that. I don't want to end up, you know, having a brain that's not in my control anymore and doing something, you know, so that, that was actually my whole, um, enthusiasm, uh, inspiration behind, coming up with RVDs, CBDs, because I, you know, was putting together a bunch of stuff that could have gone that way anyway, different talks with people about doing stuff and said, here's what I want to do. And, um, we, you know, we just have two products right now, which is a, a tincture and a, and a muscle cream. Both are 3000 milligrams, which is like twice what, what most of the products have, but you can't, you can't really find the correct dosage to take by looking it up because there's no federal guidelines it's anywhere from 20 milligram to 300 a day and if you take 300 a day and your whole bottle has 750 that's not going to last you very long um but anyway and my menthols the, the 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 muscle cream is the best pain cream people say that besides me but i have menthol in it so you can feel it soothing right away and um but i'm always going to have that that brain that neurological uh protectant um that's always going to be the backbone of uh of rvd cbd moving until until we have it you know and when we do have it we'll want to improve it you know i've been reading about you know, it, stem cells can help with cte and concussions and oxygen therapy and cbd uh, whatever it is i think that i could um, put some stuff together without having as much red tape as the NFL, as much pushback, as yeah. much people to appease. Um, and, and, and so anyway, so I'm on it. I'm learning everything I can about, and I'm taking a bunch of stuff too. Like sometimes I'll just see something on the shelf that says, uh, hey, brain, brain functioning, whatever. And if I haven't tried it, I'll try it. Not afraid to experiment. Yeah, but, and I, I know this is a touchy subject. Uh, when you mention- I love touchy subjects. <laughs> a lot of wrestlers that- have committed suicide yes. i can't help but think of a very controversial one chris benoit yeah chris yeah. benoit what do you think there was a lot of debate on you know if it was cte brain trauma or you know just want to kind of hear your thoughts yeah on. so okay so dr chris nowinski who's in who's featured in my movie as well he was the guy, he was the representative of wrestlers that said, yeah, we're looking at all these football players. I think it was like 119 out of 120 football players' brains had CTE that they checked. But I mean, they were brains that they were checking for it. You know, it wasn't like out of the dressing room. But um, And Chris started looking at wrestlers' brains and said, hey, look, same thing. And um, and there was pushback and denial. And um, so so he's my guy. I donated my brain and, and, and spine to him. Um, 
But uh, he also uh, looked at Chris Benoit's brain, and we were all like, dude, what happened? And at least they gave us an answer, not only something that we could feel comfortable with, but it made, but it makes sense, too, uh, because um, when people uh, go down that path, and it seems to be with, with my peers, it seems to be concussions, depression, and suicide right and if it and you know he's saying that's what happened with chris and i'm hearing like that when you're when you have that dementia your brain isn't yours anymore and that makes sense because uh, a lot of my friends have killed i mean you know i'm thinking uh, mike awesome was a good friend of mine he hung himself ashley masara was a good friend of mine she hung herself oh just last gosh. year yeah yeah, yeah it, 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 i was so sad to read that so my, and, and another guy um in the uk wrestles his lion heart and um boom he just he hung himself and I never see it coming, and I'm and I'm and I'm thinking, well, I guess that makes sense. Then maybe it's not your brain anymore, because what else, you know, could explain it? But but the science said that Chris Benoit's brain was deteriorated, much like a 70 year old with uh, dementia, and and it's similar. That's why with whatever I can come up with, CBGs, um, CBDs, moving forward, you know, there's like a hundred components with the marijuana plant. We're only talking about like five now. Always been THC. Now we're talking about CBD, CBN, but it's because it's illegal to study. It's it's crazy how now, yeah. in the past couple of years, the legalization, the push of marijuana went for decades. Yeah. It seems like it just had been blackballed. There's so much more to learn. So much more, whether it was the tobacco or the alcohol industry shutting it down. Now there's the mm -hmm. regulation. Everyone wants to be a part of it. Yeah. Um Switch. Dude, I brought you guys RVD CBD. Oh, I appreciate oh, that. Thank we you. appreciate yes. that. I do awesome. want to go more to a positive note because the last time I interviewed you, or I guess the Schmo interviewed you, uh, I did say that I'll take a five star frog splash. We get I seem to remember that. Yes. So, um, you know, we, we do have to get that done one way or another. I have to take it. I'm going to put my life in your hands. Um, you know, we'll do the stunt. You live once, right? YOLO. Uh, we'll make That's it happen. What they say. That's what they said. We got to get that done, and and Helen will watch, um, and maybe I'll have to use some of your uh, Rob Van Dam's CBD afterwards, Dude. depending on where you land. You know, check it out. This is this is a representative of my pain cream, but this one is actually um, it's made with a process called nano emulsification, which they attach it to water, and then it's absorbed better by your body. So we're always moving forward. If someone says, "Hey, your product," Maybe you thought it was the best, but I got something that's a little better than I want to hear it. I want to make mine the best. So pretty excited about it. I love it. I yeah. love it. Just just once, because we have to do it to the show. Can you do an RVD for us? Let's see if I can remember how that goes. <laughs> Rob Van Dam with a little delay on the screen. I like it. Positive <laughs> guy. I guess I'll just conclude a couple of yeah. questions for you. Some closing cool. questions, comments. Let's have it. Um, realistically, best case scenario. Hardballs, come on. Hardballs. How much longer... Do you have in the sport? How much left do you got in the tank? Um, not very much, dude. Okay. I mean, I've been saying that for so long, but I've also said that the universe is going to let me know. And as I mentioned, you know, it's been letting me know, like, now's a good time to be RVD in many ways. Um, but it's also letting me know that uh, I think that, you know, I'm, things are going to make a, a change, like, uh, real soon for me as far as, what I'm focusing on is spending my energy. And that's, that's, that's a roundabout way of me saying, you know, maybe 15 matches. So, <laughs> I don't know. So, I don't know. I just know that's what I'm, what I'm obligated for right now on so my schedule. No more um, <laughs> WWE run in no the future. No way, no way, no way possible. That, that schedule, I couldn't do it. Uh, there's, and we talked about values and how people yeah. think that's the top. Um, it, it is the number one um, show that, from the way people will see it, it's the standard setter. But the, the you, but the values that you have as a fan w would change if that's what you do as a business. It's not like I can be excited, and be like, oh my god, I'm dressing next to the Undertaker. Oh my god, yes, yeah. you know, he's. Oh my god, Big Show's in a towel. This is so awesome. It's not like that at all. So then it's about the monotony of, of the job because you're working like pretty much every single day. I'd have a, I'd have like one or two days off a week to get home and back, and I was totally exhausted. And uh, no, I'm definitely done with that part of my career as far as being on that schedule. I I would love to do like a one-off thing like the the Raw reunion. I just came out and did that. That was easy. <laughs> 
That's great. That's great. And where can all the fans, the listeners, the people watching, where can they find you? I know we got your Twitter lower third for those watching. Where cool. can we find you? Yeah, everywhere. Um, I'm at the real RVD, and follow RVD CBD on Instagram. They they do a way better job of posting than I do. We had a sweet party the other night too to to launch RVD CBD. We would have been there if we yeah. were in town. We were in Houston. I heard it was the best party ever. That's what people are saying. Some next time, people yeah. Are saying, yeah, it was really good. Yeah, um, but yeah, definitely. It looks like this. And and by the way. Uh, Spoiler, I guess, or no, I don't know. Inside info, maybe. Psst, hey, I'm soon going to venture into RVD THC as well, and by soon, I mean um, April 20th. Love it, 420. Oh. Yes. This guy has got it down, and I'm so impressed with Petrie, by the way. Just sitting here for like nearly 45 minutes, just still great sport. I got my bitches in control. <laughs> A lot of people <laughs> can agree to that with what happened <laughs> down recently. We're going to wrap this thing up. He's RVD, Rob Van Dan. I'm Dave Schmolenson, the Schmo. And I'm Helen E. Sports. This is the Schmo Zone. We're out. Save on Cox Internet when you add Cox Mobile and get fiber-powered internet at home and unbeatable 5G reliability on the go. So whether you're playing a game at home yes, cool. or attending one live, no! you can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at cox.com slash internet. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5G reliability as measured by Ookla LLC in the U.S. to H2023. Results may vary, not an endorsement. Other restrictions apply.